Welcome to the High Reliability Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Martin, president of Goslin Martin Associates. Today, we welcome Beth Edwards to the High Reliability Podcast. Beth has been a healthcare facilities management market leader for more than 15 years, and she's got an interesting career path, uh, which we will discuss with her today. Beth is the founder and CEO of HFM Cornerstone, which is located in Portland, Oregon. If you are a healthcare facilities product and service provider looking for assistance marketing and selling to healthcare facility maintenance management, or if you're a healthcare facility manager looking for assistance identifying the best provider for your specific healthcare facilities management need, Beth can help and HFM Cornerstone can help. Beth currently represents a number of companies in the industry, including Audit Pro, Patents Medical, and for full disclosure, she also represents me and Jack at Goslin Martin Associates. Beth formed HFM Cornerstone just about 18 months ago, um, so prior to COVID, which we'll get into. Prior to forming her company, though, Beth was Director of Sales and Enterprise Account Manager for Facility One Technologies. Prior to joining Facility One Technologies, Beth, it's tough to say, Beth spent many years at Tremco Roofing and Building Maintenance in Ohio. Among her accounts, Beth was a National Account Manager for Tremco's Catholic Health Initiatives account. Catholic Health Initiatives is now known as Common Spirit, and it was when Beth was at Tremco and working for CHI uh, that our paths first crossed. Beth is a certified healthcare constructor. She has her BS from the University of Florida, so she's a Gator. Beth, welcome to the High Reliability Podcast. Thank you, Pete. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, thank you for joining. It's always... uh, it's always good to get people from different areas of the healthcare facilities management profession onto the show. I think it, um, and especially with what you're doing and with your new company, it's nice to get different perspectives because I think a lot of the times when we think careers, we think career path in healthcare facilities management in the hospital, but you know, your career and, and kind of your path is a testament to the multiple and the multitude of opportunities that are out there um, for folks who have who have worked in the industry for a long time and who are passionate about in the industry. Tell us, Beth. Um, Absolutely. Tell us about your unique career path, though. You did a little bit of sales. You were in Ohio, bachelor's degree down in Florida. Now you're out in Portland running your own show. Tell us a little bit about your uh, unique career path. Well, Pete, growing up, I wanted to be an astronaut. Um, that Did really? didn't that didn't happen. Did you want to be an astronaut? I did. I absolutely did. I did. I did. Well, you know, growing up in growing up in Florida, that's you, you know, you're 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 watching the rockets take off on a regular basis. And um yeah, there was just something about it. I wanted to be an astronaut. Then um when I went to college, um my girlfriend was gonna be pre-med and I thought, well, we'll be pre-med together. <laughs> and then I realized I absolutely did not want to see the inside of anybody's body ever in my life. So did you? So I ended up in the College of Business. Yep. Yep. Ah. And uh, went to the College of Business at University of Florida and got a degree in in general business management. And that's just ended up there. So once you decided that, or once you thought, I'm going to switch to pre-med, was the astronaut in the rearview mirror, did you ever think again, I want to be an astronaut or did you move right away from that? 
I think I was mature enough at that point to realize I was I was never going to be an astronaut. <laughs> so, but obviously not mature enough to realize I wasn't going to be a doctor. Yeah, well, life's a journey, though, right? <laughs> think, sure about everything, think about everything uh, you want to do. I, I, you know, when I was a kid, um, and even gosh, into my teen years, I wanted to be a garbage man, and I would follow the garbage men around the neighborhood. I thought it was the coolest job in the world. I still think it is. Just being outside, riding on the back, loved the garbage men. And if I could ever, like if I could have a second career at some point, I honestly wouldn't mind doing that. I think it would be a lot of fun. Um, Although these days I complain to my family a lot. Now they don't really get to throw the garbage cans as much. Now you have those arms. I don't know if they they do out in Portland, but you have the arms on the truck that come up. They pick the garbage. Everything's automated. Uh Barely have to get out of the truck. So, <laughs> yep. They've taken exactly. all the fun out of it, Pete. They are. Well, my little brother wanted to be a garbage man as well. Yeah, it might be. It's, I think it's the part, of, you know, you're outside and you get to throw stuff and you get to uh, ride on the back. So yes. everybody wants something unique. So you got into business. Um, tell us a little bit about your entry into healthcare facilities management. I, we were talking beforehand, uh, Beth and I were, and I'm not an extrovert. Um, I'm probably more of an introvert, although I do like people and, and can communicate. And Beth was sharing that she's somewhat similar to that too. But, you know, you got out, you were in the school of business, you have a business career, and now you're in healthcare facilities management. Kind of tell us about your path. Well, so I, the, the way I got into healthcare was in, in 04, you know, I was, I was working for Tremco Roofing. And at the time, I was focusing on their federal sales, and um, it, it just was it was a, an opportunity to to start focusing on healthcare for them and to build out a a team of of healthcare sales representatives. So you know, I I took that opportunity. Um, before that, I had worked for a uh, a bank. Um, I did marketing for uh, a metrology company, which is the science of precision measurements. We did uh, uh, equipment for high, high, me- high precision measurement manufacturing. And um, I worked for uh, federal and commercial contracts. So, you know, we, we helped uh, mentor protege programs for small businesses um, in, in large corporations. That's how I actually came across Tremco because Tremco was a, a client of Federal Commercial Contracts Inc. And how I started focusing on their on their federal sales. So um, I I I went to my first Ashy show in 2004 <laughs> and had made you know several sales calls before that. And I just absolutely fell in love with healthcare facilities management. I just, Why? It, it, the people that I met were like the salt of the earth. Everybody was so kind and intelligent. And I, and I loved the mission too. So that's how I ended up there. So you, um, you backdoored your way into healthcare. You, you didn't become a doctor, but you came in on the healthcare facility. I, 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 that, well, maybe that was it too. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I found my way into uh, being a part of healthcare in a in a way that I could uh, 
geez, Pete, are you a, are are you a, like a psychoanalyst? Because that's <laughs> profound. I'm uh, well, I'm really going to be thinking about this one now. Huh. Well, when you were talking, I made it. Yeah, absolutely. When you were talking about that, I was like, oh, she wanted to be pre med. Oh, she's not pre med, but you are in facilities management, and you're you know dealing with the healthcare profession. So you, you kind of made your way into it just by a different route. Yeah. Yeah. What did you, so yeah, how did absolutely. you, how'd you hook up with CHI and, and what was the connection with Catholic Health Initiatives and, and Tremco? Mm. Oh, that, that of course was at an ashy show. I'm trying to think of the year, um, uh, the getting to know the folks at Catholic Health Initiatives was, was, was pretty funny. I, I ended up flying to the Columbus airport to meet with Skip Smith, um, who at the time was overseeing their their healthcare program, that was probably in 04, 05. and then um, about a year later, I met Dennis Smith, who was his second yeah. uh, in command, so to speak, and um, I met him at the Charlotte Airport <laughs> as he was going from one hospital to the next. Um, it's really, really funny. And then several years later, I was probably maybe in in 2010 that I uh, met Andy Womavoya uh, at the National ASHI Conference. And um, they were putting together a, uh, at the time they, they referred to it as the Big Five, but they identified five areas in the organization where they wanted to, to really focus and partner with particular vendors. And, um, I was blessed to have roofing in the building envelope be one of those and, um, got to participate with that experience, which was just absolutely incredible. Yeah. Building envelope is a great way to, uh, to make your entry, isn't it? (laughs) It, it is. And, and, um, Again, you know, just that the program that uh, CHI put together was something that, you know, they just, they really, they really thought about their, their vendor partners and, um, you know, really had a lot of respect for the commitment that the vendor partners were making. It was just, it was a very... just another one of the many reasons that I really enjoy healthcare yeah. and working in healthcare. They were, um, I use work just the past tense only because they're common spirit, but I mean, they have, have and had great leadership at CHI, obviously with Skip and Dennis moving along into the consulting world, but Andy is still with common spirit. A lot of great people, um, in that organization. Yes. And, you know, so you, you moved on. Now you are the founder and CEO of your own business, HFM Cornerstone. Tell us yeah. what your business is and tell us what you do. Well, so um, can I can I tell you why, I, you know, the, the whole idea of starting my business, sure. um, where it came from first? <laughs> well, that's always interesting, right? I, I mean, it doesn't come... <laughs> well, it, and it, it'll tell... It, it kind of explains the some would say a hodgepodge of what I'm doing, but you know, when I, when I was making calls for Tremco, um, 
whether I was calling on a single facility manager or, you know, in some cases, like if you're calling on someone like a, a, a common spirit or a life point, um, HCA, they're going to have, you know, a half a dozen people sitting around a table, uh, that want to hear, uh, uh, you know, about your product or your service and, and share with you what their needs are. And I remember, I was I was driving away from an appointment and I started thinking to myself, you know, all the people that a hospital facility manager depends on for their products or their expertise or their service. And if they had to sit with them for an hour or even just 30 minutes, how would they have time in the day to get their work done? Yeah, right. <laughs> just... It was like, yeah. oh my gosh, they have no time to get their work done. And I, I thought to myself, and I had talked to uh, some of my colleagues about this. I'm like, you know, it, what would be great is if you had, you know, five, you know, four, five, six great products that you represented, and you could you could get in front of them and say, okay, he, you know, here's who I represent and why, and how can I help you today? And maybe they would be interested in one thing or two things, but if you could keep that same meeting down to 30 minutes, hmm. yeah. you know, yep. what a blessing that would be. Sure. So that, that had been something that had just percolated, but I didn't have the guts to do it. And, uh, and then in uh, uh, 2019, I, I went to the National ASHI Conference and met with my friends and brothers and mentors and asked them what they thought I should do and who they thought I should represent. And that's how I walked away with HFM Cornerstone. Awesome. So how long, um, how long had that idea percolated in your mind before you pulled the trigger on it? Years. Years and years and years. And I, and I, and I never thought I'd have the guts to do it. I, you know, I wanted to do it with, um, with, with a friend and, you know, just, you know, just cause I just didn't think I could do it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, maybe that was the thing too. So when I went to the national ASHI conference, I, I met with, with you and Jack and, yeah, um, and, and I had talked to you guys before, but it was, you know, it was just kind of like a perfect storm for you guys. Um, I met with uh, Damien Skelton and uh, he uh, told me how great Patton's Medical was uh, for, for his group, um, for MedXL and his team. And he recommended I, I meet with uh, Shannon McAfee, who was their head of sales. And um, uh, I met with uh, Mark Schwartz from University of Rochester. Mark's always given me great advice. And he was uh, just thrilled to death with Audit Pro and, and how they were helping him with, um, you know, auditing as well as um, they had just started working on an asset management program for them. And, and so I met with Ben Semeca and uh, he, you know, gave me great recommendations of, of, of companies and people that I should talk to. So, you know, uh, Andy Womavoya met with him. Uh, so, so just so many people and just got their advice. Um, 
And, and so I just, that's how I ended up with, um, you know, with audit pro and, and Goslin and Martin. And then, um, uh, later as, as time went on, um, HSI Headwalls was a really nice addition. Uh, even even the, so, I do also provide HFM Cornerstone provides um, maintenance and repair services for uh, medical compressed air and vacuum systems. That came about by by meeting with one of the Providence hospitals in Newburgh. I went in; they were interested in in Patents Medical, and um, I, the facility director said, you, "You have to get a service line." We need we need more service here, it, um, and so that that's how that came about. So it, it's 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 all came together from you know just meeting with people that I trusted, listening, and uh, that gave me the confidence to push forward. I made the leap. Yeah, no, you made the well. You know, so the. Um... You know, Jack had established our company 16 years ago. Now I joined him seven and a half, which is, it's hard to believe. I mean, how quickly time flies by and now we're running it and so happy with that. But I had, and I'm, you know, my question to you, you know, prior to that, so prior to seven and a half years ago, I had always had uh, like a feeling, a gut feeling, like I needed to do something. I enjoyed what I do did, but it just wasn't enough. And it was always gnawing at me that, okay, there's something there. You got to find it and then go for it. And I was fortunate to connect with Jack. We had used him at Stewart Healthcare. And so we had kind of a pre-existing relationship, but, um, you know, it got a little bit deeper and, and everything happened well. But that gnawing feeling that I had, I had it for years. Did, did you have that? And yeah. was there something in your gut that was always pushing you? And, and, and could you ever shut it off? Or did it just stay with you all the time? No, it, it definitely stayed with me all the time. I mean, I, I, I was, I've always been inclined to, you know, want to be involved more um, when it came to healthcare facilities management, like, um, you know, volunteering to be on, you know, ASHI committees or, um Shoot, I remember one time there was a, a a a hospital that had an issue with a with a flood, and you know I called the facility manager and I was like, "Do you need someone to come mop?" I mean, <laughs> that sounds terrible. Right now, is there is there any way yeah. I can help? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it it, it just there is just there was just something about this industry that uh, has just always fascinated me and compelled me and made me want to do more naturally, which feels good. You know, it's one thing to work really hard and not enjoy what you do. And it's another thing to find something. And I think that what's ironic is I think how I stumbled into all this is, is kind of the way like 90% or more of the facility directors that I speak to. I mean, I, I haven't met a, you know, a, a, a young girl or a young boy that has ever said to me, I want to be a hospital facility manager when I grow up. Right. No, you're absolutely so right. I, I think many, many of us just kind of stumbled into this arena and, um, 
so yeah, that's that's one of the um that's all I have to say about. Yeah, no, and when we do these podcasts, that that's why I always ask people, how did you you know, what was your path? Because you're absolutely right. I mean, few people started out with healthcare facility manager or director. Um, you just kind of stumble into it. And you know, the older you get, I think I think that happens for a lot of us. You know, everybody wants a clear linear path and life just doesn't work that way. Um, you know, if it does good for yeah. you, that's great. Um, but for most of us, it, yes. it just doesn't. You had talked about having the guts and I know exactly what you're talking about. What are, you know, what do you think are some of the challenges? So if you're talking to somebody or, if, you know, somebody's listening, who's thinking of starting their own businesses, you know, what are some of the challenges you had to overcome to actually take that plunge and launch HFM Cornerstone? It, it just, um, I think, I think when I met with the, the, the people that I met with at the ASHI conference and, you know, I met the companies that they rec- rep- recommended, it became easy for me. So I, I need, I need to not just sell something. I need to solve something, I guess, is, is, is what my inclination is, right? Like when I, when I retire, maybe I'll be like a part-time private detective or something, you know, I just, it, yeah. so I, it's, it's not about a product or a service. It's about a solution. And, and so if, if I have clients that are passionate about the products that I'm representing, and I can understand why, then I have a passion for it. And, and then it, it just, then it takes on a life of its own. But when it, you know, it's your own company, then there is the challenges of overcoming all of the ancillary activities that you never even imagined that a corporation is taking care of for you on your behalf. I mean, you, you can imagine some of it, but when you're doing it all yourself, it just, you know, it, it certainly gives you a respect for your former employers in those regards, right? Yes, because when you're doing it all yourself, it just sits there until you do something about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it forces exactly. you to. Act. So you are, you know, your timing wasn't necessarily the best. I remember, as you said, we talked in uh, summer of nineteen in Baltimore when it was what over a hundred degrees. That was at the Ashy Conference. And then I remember, you know, we talked and then you were starting your own business and you had the name and you were good to go and you were cruising along. And then COVID hits in March of 2020. You've started for less than a year. <laughs> what was it like to oh, launch a business months. right before it, COVID? It really and what was, were you thinking? Yeah. It really was just months because, yeah. you know, we... I went to Ashy in July. It's not like you just come home and you hang a shingle out your door and here I am. You know, there was, you know, yes, exactly. There was, you know, going to training at Patents Medical. There was um, being trained on Audit Pro. There was, you know, planning that you do, um, learning about, you know, you know, meeting with like for patents medical, you're meeting with engineers, you're meeting with plumbers, um, as well as the healthcare providers. So it was just, there was the learning curve and all of that. And then you're right, March comes along and, uh, 
you could not, now maybe I was paranoid, maybe I should have tried, but I did not even try to call a facility manager. I I just thought that would be, that would be insane. I don't have any PPE um, to sell. I don't have a ventilator you know, I have no business reaching out. And even with Patents Medical, you know, the, the air compressed, the compressed air, that's what feeds those ventilators. And I mean, another thing that ended up happening is when U.S. government was sending out ventilators, they were sending ventilators without hoses. So hospitals are getting ventilators. Now they need hoses. So Patents Medical was my saving grace. But even then, I wasn't... Uh, I was emailing people information, um, emailing uh, engineers information on uh, kind of pop-up med gas configurations, um, posting things on LinkedIn, still not calling people because I just thought there's no way anyone has the bandwidth and it just wouldn't be respectful. Yeah. There, you know, yeah. there was, there was a crisis happening and I had to try to do things and support people in, in any kind of way that just allowed them to keep focusing on their mission. But it was, it was definitely hard. I, I'd say it was probably maybe around June that, uh, I, you know, people started reaching out to me saying, can you come in? Can you look at my equipment? Um, you know, those types of things. But yes. it, it, it and 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 even then we were in Port in Oregon we were still on full lockdown, so I, I I was able to go in and get screened. There wasn't any patients in the hospitals, um, the ones that weren't uh you know there wasn't there wasn't the people that was coming in for surgery and and the regular ED wasn't you know there with the normal amount of people. Um, because they hadn't even started elective surgeries yet. So it was very quiet at the hospitals, but the facility managers were at that point, you know, bringing people in and, you know, with patents medical, I was able to come in and help them with issues at that point. Um, and, and I've been in that, in that mode since then, again, Mm -hmm. still not, not walking into places and meeting with people the way that I did, um, pre COVID, but, um, but at least able to see someone, uh, face to face, look at their equipment and, and put together solutions for them. So that, that has been a saving grace for sure. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's great. It's all about kind of survival over these, you know, past year or so. And I agree with you. I know that, you know, back in March a year ago, man, it's hard. I mean, what was it? March 13th. It's hard to believe, you know, for as terrible as the year's been, it still flies by. But, you know, on March 13th, 2020, everything we were working on relative to recruitments and education and department assessments, it all just ended. And as you said, it just didn't feel right calling people. You couldn't. And that's, you know, it's kind of about adapting and you've adapted in your small business. And I think we've tried to adapt in ours. That's how these podcasts started. You know, we said, okay, we got to, you know, you can't call people. You can't really do much, but you have to stay visible. And we thought, hey, let's do a podcast. And as Beth and I were talking at the beginning, I hate the sound of my own voice. I, I can't stand it. I never thought I would do a podcast, but it was one way, you know, it started. I said, okay, let's talk to 
think we talked to Scott Aronson first, and then we talked to Steve Spombrook. We talked to folks who were dealing with COVID, you know, on a consulting basis. And from there, kind of enjoyed doing these podcasts because you talk to people like you who have interesting stories. And so I think that, you know, anybody, if you run a small business or if you're thinking about it, you, you'll probably, you know, you talk about making the leap once the business is yours, you'll probably do what you need to do, or at least try to do what you need to do to stay viable and to keep going for the past year, because that's a great accomplishment. I mean, you haven't even been out for two years yet, but yet you're still around. So, you know, I think adaptability and COVID has certainly challenged people to be adaptable, at least on the consulting basis. And hopefully we're through the worst, but let's see. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, honestly, like your podcasts, you make a really good point. I mean, you're talking about people that I would normally have called um, to, you know, to check in on. And there there are people that, you know, we would have met probably several times already this year, like Steve Spawnbrook, right? And and yet we haven't because everybody is so busy um, focusing on COVID. And, um, so yeah, your pod, your podcasts have kept me apprised of what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. I, uh, thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Listen, I think, uh, it's always interesting to me. I was talking to a guy the other day and he was telling me that, um, you know, hey, I download your podcast. And for me, it's really weird. I'm not even, I mean, I'm not patting myself on the back at all, but it's just weird to hear that. Because you don't, it's like you say, you never know where you're going to end up. Um, So I was like, why would people want to listen to this? But I think it's interesting. And people like you, I find, and it's why I like, everybody has an interesting story. And you can take, you know, I think everybody you listen to, no matter if they're in the consulting world or if they're, you know, working in the hospital or, you know, we did the legal one a couple of weeks ago. You know, I think people can always take two or three things away. And as long as you can do that, I think it's it's worthwhile. And that's why I think it's fun because, you know, you've got an interesting story and um, people can learn from your stories. The, um, the um, you know, the, the, the zeroing in process, and I know, you know, you talked about it, you had the feeling and you wanted to help, but I know it, it was hard for me to zero in. I was lucky in a way to have met Jack because he kind of had the out, you know, the recruiting framework there and we've added on to it, but was it hard to zero in? How do you stay, you know, when you're thinking of your business and you know, you want to help people and you know, you like healthcare facilities management. So you were lucky in that you knew what you like to do, but how hard is it to zero in and do you ever really zero in or is it just kind of an iterative process where, okay, I'm going to go this route. No, I'm going to go that route. What, what's that process like? Does it ever get to a point where you're comfortable with it? Do you remember when I first met you and uh, uh, we were introduced by Dean Poofel and I had just left Tremco and was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And you gave me advice. You said, talk, talk to people. And I thought, Oh God, no. <laughs> Cause really, I, I really, I really am. I really am introverted. I mean, it just doesn't come naturally to just yep. walk up to someone and start picking their brain. 
But once I started doing it, once I followed your advice and I started doing it, it wasn't so hard after all. You you could ask people questions and they weren't going to bite. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's how I did it. I once once I finally had the guts to start asking those questions, I would I was asking everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you I was uh, asking everybody. It's like you unlock yeah. the uh you know, you took the cover off and boom out at one. But I mean, I'm sure that was, you know, that was helpful for you. Um, I found, you know, in our, um, you know, we started to do webinars too. Just another thing we started to do coming out of the COVID. But we talk a little bit about doing informational interviews. And I think that that is one of the most underutilized tools that people have, whether, you know, you're like you, where you're thinking, okay, I want to go this route or whatever you happen to be just asking people, you know, you're not asking for a job, but you're asking people for their opinion or to talk. I think it's a powerful tool. And I think your story is probably testament to that. Cause what did you, and I don't know, putting you on the spot, but cause you might not remember, cause that was some years ago, but was there something you learned coming out of those information, was there one or two things that stand out in your mind for something you you might not have anticipated or you might not have known that you learned just simply by talking to people? I think, uh, I think the main thing that I learned and it, it, it probably is what, you know, keeps me going every day and has me, had me want to start the business for sure. Like I really want to do this. I have no doubts whatsoever. It was how much the people I were talking to wanted me to succeed. Hmm. They really wanted to help. They really wanted to give me good advice. Um, Yeah, that, that was, that was the, that, that would, that like lit the fire right there. So that's interesting. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's the people in healthcare. I could, I, 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 I could on one hand, it would only take one hand to, to, to tick off the, uh, not, not make mad, but to, to count off, uh, <laughs> I don't want to make anybody mad, to count off the no, facility managers, no names. health facility managers. Yeah, I know. less than one hand to for the number of facility managers that I've met that I just didn't, that just maybe were inappropriate or didn't really have the passion or, or the constitution for healthcare. That's amazing. There's thousands. I've met thousands of healthcare facility managers and to have to have it to be less than 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 five is yeah that's unheard of. It is yes. And then so I, that you know you know working with those working with those types of people and supporting them that's 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 great. Yep. Right, and I mean you're playing right. a part in the patient experience. You know, so you're you're connecting in multiple you know multiple ways. The um, absolutely. Absolutely. What's the reality of running your own business been like compared to, you know, what it was like the thought of owning your own business? So the reality of running it versus the thought of running it back when you were in those, you know, the infancy stages of, you know, you're working for Tremco or, um, 
but you want your own company. So what's been the, the, the reality of it? Has it been what you expected? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you know, you have to be uh, an, an expert at everything, uh, master at none, so to speak, right? Um, yes. And, you, you know, you can't, you've got to go outside your comfort zone and do things that you, you don't, um, you know, that you wouldn't normally maybe enjoy doing or that you don't know a lot about. I have, I've been involved in a lot of, so I'm a certified woman owned small business and there's an organization called uh, WeBank that's a national organization and they have, um, they have kind of like mentor protege programs where there's education that's coming out of like Turner construction um, uh, or Skanska, um, UPMC has a good small business program where they, uh, you know, give you basically free education. And there's a program called score, um, just like keeping score. And, um, again, as well, uh, give you advice on accounting and in and, and marketing and things like that. Talking to, when I participate in these programs, um, I meet other small businesses and they'll say, well, you know, here's what I'm struggling with and here's who I met and they've really helped me. And so it, it, it's definitely networking in those areas that have, that have helped me a lot. But yeah, no, it, it's, 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 exactly, it's exactly how I thought it would be. Wow. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Good. When you said uh, the WeBank, like, uh, how how do you, is yeah. that WeBank or is it, how is that, how is that spelled? It's W-B-E-N-C, Women's oh, okay. Business Enterprise Networking Council, I think it is. Okay. I had a W-E so, capital yeah. B-A-N-K. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different than W B E N C. You were close. Um, you I was. Close. I was close. I was. Uh, yeah. I was fanatic about it. Well, you alluded to it. You know, you talked about being a women-owned business, and it, you know, I was talking to um, a senior PM a couple of weeks ago, and um, she's she does PDC um, for a large system, and she was saying how um, how every day for the last 30 years. And she loves what she does. Um, but how she has to prove, you know, a female in a male dominated planning, design, construction, how she's just constantly proving herself and, um, you know, gaining the respect Mm -hmm. of the folks she's worked with. Obviously you're not her, but what is it like to be a female? And you've alluded to it a number of times, you know, the great relationships you form, but what's it like to be a female in a, in a male dominated field? Yeah, you know, maybe maybe it's the fact that I I'm not in it every day mm-hmm. that in other words I'm not I'm not sitting around with the hospital facility management team every day as she is. Um that makes it that ma- has made our experience different. Mm-hmm. Um but I I haven't, um, 
So I've been in, I've always been in male dominated industries. When I was in the metrology industry, um, we, we would have an, 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 an annual show that would take up all of the McCormick Center in Chicago. Wow. I mean, wow. it would take it's that days big, huh? to walk. It was that big. Wow. And who knew? So, it, yeah. So, so there are these, you know, large measuring machines. With little, with, with like a, a probe measurement, some of them did laser measurement. That I can't tell you how many of the suppliers would use hardly dressed women. They would actually stick them in the machine <laughs> for the day, and they would they would use this probe to measure them. And everybody would stand around. Wow, what a great machine! <laughs> and I mean that—that that was normal. Yes. So yeah, I gotta tell you, you know, going to an ashy conference in healthcare has been a dream come true <laughs> for me. Yeah, no kidding. That's a wow. That's it, it. That seems like a lifetime ago, though, doesn't it? I'm sure it does for you. It does, but I don't. I don't know if I would go to that show today, and if it would be any different. Honestly, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Um, and, and I've also met like so Sue McLaughlin, Carol McCormick. Um, you know, great, great women in healthcare. Great mentors have always given me wonderful advice. And then let's give a shout out to Dean Poofel who in 2019 Mm -hmm. started the women's networking community at ASHI. So it's, I, I, I think it, it, there's more and more women all the time. And I think it's a matter of them stumbling into it. Just, just like the, the male facility managers ended up stumbling into the profession. Yeah. Well, I think that, um, but I, but I, again, I'm not in it every day. And, and so I, I, I don't know, I, I don't know it that intimately, but that's just, my experience has been pretty positive. Sure. Yeah, no, that's a, and that's a, you know, that's your experience. That's a good, that's a good assessment. It's interesting. We try to, um, it's like you said, getting new people into it, whether they're female, young, old, whatever they happen to be, whatever their demographic, they just, there's such a need for people, you know, at the end of the day, because you talked about the ASHI yeah, conference, you see absolutely. it at every ASHI conference, people are retiring and there is, there is bountiful opportunity. People in education, people in education, people yeah. in education. Um, so I am. Yep, absolutely. So this is the High Reliability Podcast. I'm speaking with Beth Edwards. She's the founder and CEO of HFM Cornerstone, located in Portland. How did you uh, how did you come up with the name of your business, HFM Cornerstone? The HFM part I got, uh, but how did you come up with the, the Cornerstone name? And did you? What was that like? What, what does me? the HFM stand for, Pete? What does the HFM stand for, Pete? Huh, okay, I'm assuming it's Health Facilities Manager. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, that's good. That is right. <laughs> that's and that then, one. And then, and then cornerstone. You know the 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 base the base the beginning yep, of, yep. of of construction. You know the foundation. And um, I thought 
you know, that's, Hey, that's where my passion lies. So, um, that's, that's how that came together. Yep. Excellent. Did it, did it take you a while to I come up with to that? Be, did, did, were you, were you thinking iteratively or ah. did, did that pop in your head or how did that come about for you? I know it was, I was definitely something I thought about for a while. Um, I knew, I knew, I knew the HFM and then, and then, and then I just was looking, it was, I pulled out a thesaurus, a thesaurus. They still, they still have those. (laughs) Because I knew I wanted to be an an anchor. Um, You know, I just started throwing out words of, you know, of what I wanted to be, you know, and then I came across the word cornerstone and I, that I was, yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to get. That's the word for me. So (laughs) you articulated it well. Um, (laughs) Last question, actually two, two questions. This is the last hard one for you or might even be hard. It's not like your test, but um, are you glad you did it? Are you happy that you did it? And do you wish that you would jump sooner? Any, any regrets whatsoever? No, everything happens for a reason. Um, the experiences that I've had with the companies that I've worked for and um, the companies, the healthcare organizations that I've served, that it, it all happens. It all happened for a reason and it progressed and, um, you know, I, I count that as a blessing and no, no regrets. Yeah. You know, I, and I think, um, you know, you hit on it there because that was, it was kind of that way for me too. I mean, I think that, you know, when you look back in retrospect, not that you're retiring, I mean, you're still, you know, you're still working hard, but you can almost connect where every stop that you made led you to where you are. Like it, it always connects once you're looking back on it, where at the time, Sometimes you don't think it does, <laughs> you know, but, but each one of those right. steps leads you to where you are. And, and I think those experiences, good, bad, and ugly all play into kind of what you're doing today and the success of what you're doing today. It all comes together. Mm-hmm. If, yeah, um, I agree. If people, Beth, want to contact you, they want to learn more about what you do, how can they do that? Well, they can call me um, or they can go to the website, which is hfmcornerstone.com. And there's a thousand contact us buttons on that website. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just, I just, I just launched my new website and uh, um, I hired the first one I made myself on GoDaddy. And so I finally hired somebody to do it and, you know, there's a, a web developer and, and his wife is the marketing person. And so I'm, I'm going to trust them and yeah. uh, trust their expertise because they came highly recommended. But they did put many, 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 many contact us buttons on that website. <laughs> Good. That's, that's what you will, won't be able to miss it. <laughs> well, but, you know, that's that's one of the things. I don't know about for you, but even like with your website, you know, you think, okay, I'm going to hire a web developer. So you kind of offload that to them, but you really don't because you're still intimate. It's like everything you do, 
you're involved with. Even if you have somebody developing it, yeah. that's not going up without your input. I mean, they can't go forward without you taking your time and getting that contact content and giving them Absolutely. that direction. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because everything even takes like, more time, you know, uh, it, it, it does. It does because you, you, nobody that you hire for marketing, um, it understands all that you yeah. do or understands exactly. the industry. They just know how to communicate. Right. And, um, right. and so you have to give them, you have to give them the, the, the understanding and the verbiage and all of that. So yeah, it's, it is, um, but they did a much better job than I did on my GoDaddy. So, <laughs> right, well, and those are the those are the decisions well, you make. That's why you do it. Yeah. Yes. No. Exactly. Exactly. Good. Well, Beth Edwards, CEO, founder, HFM Cornerstone, Portland, Oregon. Thank you for your uh, thank you for your time today. I appreciate you joining the High Reliability Podcast. Thank you, Pete. I greatly appreciate the opportunity. My pleasure. And this is Peter Martin. President Gosselin Martin Associates signing off for this episode. Thank you for listening, and we will be back with more episodes in the future. Have a great day.